stories of the master. Welcome, welcome to episode 5 of the Stories of the Master podcast, where we reflect on how we can improve ourselves little by little, day by day, through sharing stories of the perfect exemplar of the Baha'i faith, Abdul Baha. Today's story is about what Abdul Baha referred to as the distinguishing feature of Baha'u'llah's law. Any guesses on what that is? Okay, I'll give you another clue. The Guardian considered this topic the pivot around which all the teachings of Baha'u'llah revolve. Still don't know? Okay, last clue from the Guardian. It is the cornerstone of the message of Baha'u'llah. If you don't know by now, are you really a fan of this podcast? Jokes, this topic is the oneness of mankind. Unifying people by showing that we are all one was nothing short of a superpower of Abdu'l-Bahá. Specifically, let's reflect on when unity is a challenge because of race. That is, when someone comes from a different place, has different colored skin, or a new culture. Now, imagine you got selected to join the best football team in your city. What a wonderful opportunity. You could get to play with the most elite coaches and players. It would be a dream come true. But what if your close friend, someone you really loved, who totally deserved to be on that team, didn't get selected because of the color of their skin? What would you do? Well, before you tell me, let's hear how the master himself, Abdu'l-Bahá, dealt with this situation. In the year 1912, after already traveling for 591 days, Abdu'l-Bahá finally arrives in America. He came there to warn them of a great war that was coming. He also had a particular focus on the treatment of black people in America. He told a journalist this, I am here in this country making an appeal on behalf of universal peace, unity, love and brotherhood, and that Baha'is must be free from religious prejudice patriotic prejudice, racial prejudice. He was so deliberate with his words. Unity, love, brotherhood, racial prejudice. These were both exciting and radical statements to make, considering how black people were treated in America. For those of you who don't know, let me give you some context. While we all know that human beings are like flowers of a garden, and the different colours, shapes and scents are what makes the garden beautiful, this belief was not shared everywhere, and it certainly wasn't well understood centuries ago in America. In fact, it was believed 
that African people, who are of course black, were not equal to white Americans. And because of this, they were traded like products to come to America as slaves. Now, a slave isn't the same as a worker or a servant. They don't get paid. They are prisoners. They are prisoners to their owner and they can't leave. They were whipped, beaten and killed for not obeying their owners. This is not how you treat a fellow human being. Historians calculate that there were approximately 10 million slaves in America. After centuries of this awful treatment, on the 1st of January, 1863, slaves were finally set free. But they didn't have the same rights as white people. Now, 49 years later, when Abdu'l-Bahá sets foot in the United States of America, black people did not have the right to vote. They didn't have the right to equal education as white people. They had restrictions on how to use public transport or other public spaces. And worse, were frequently being attacked and persecuted by their fellow citizens. So on the 10th day in America, the master takes the train and travels to the capital of America, Washington, D.C. He is invited to speak at Howard University, which at the time was one of the nation's leading black universities. When the master arrived, he was welcomed by a band who played music for him. When he entered the Rankin Chapel where he was going to speak, the audience of over a thousand people applauded with excitement and exuberance. He arrives on stage and sits next to a well-regarded black Baha'i, the golden-hearted lawyer named Louis Gregory. The president of the university was very formal and introduced Abdu'l-Bahá as the prophet of peace and the harbinger of unity and salvation. Then. The master rose from his seat. Abdu'l-Bahá addressed the audience by saying, Today, I am happy, for I see white and black sitting together. And then continued to speak on the subject of the harmony between black and white and the unity of humankind. The audience repeatedly applauded him during the talk, delighted at his words. As the master left the auditorium, group after group formed two lines, one on each side, all showing their highest respect by bowing and waving their hats and handkerchiefs to farewell the beloved master. After his talk at Rankin Chapel, they drove Abdu'l-Bahá to the Persian legation for lunch, held by a Baha'i named Ali Koli Khan who was the equivalent of the ambassador for Persia. 19 of the most prestigious and elite of Washington DC were invited, and Abdu'l-Bahá was the guest of honor. Abdu'l-Bahá had noticed that his golden-hearted friend, Louis Gregory, was not invited. So he took the opportunity to invite him himself. 
Remember, at this time, in 1912, black people did not join events like this, so Lewis felt quite uncomfortable by the invitation. Before the lunch, they were in a conference, and despite Mr. Gregory wanting to leave, the master kept prolonging the conversation. As lunch was called, in the super fancy banquet hall, Abdu'l-Bahá took over the role of host, and walked in first, as other guests followed. Everyone except Lewis. This was his chance to quietly slip away, as he knew that he wasn't welcome to such a gathering. Can you believe it? Right after this talk that the master gave on racial unity, that he wasn't welcomed? Anyway, when Abdu'l-Bahá was about to be seated, he noticed that Lewis Gregory wasn't there. He looked to the ambassador and said, Where is Mr. Gregory? Bring Mr. Gregory! The ambassador had no choice but to run and find Lewis, who was thankfully still in the house. As he brings Lewis Gregory into the banquet hall, Abdu'l-Bahá starts rearranging the utensils and plates to make room for his friend to not only sit at the table, but to join him at the head table as the guest of honour. This demonstration of our oneness made a profound impact on those who witnessed it. Abdu'l-Bahá, a stranger to their land, comes there and disrupts the order of things and makes a stand for Lewis Gregory and all people of colour. While you might think this is an uncomfortable thing to do, who do you think felt uncomfortable? The master, who was steadfast to the teachings of Baha'u'llah? Or the group of intellects who just applauded a speech on racial unity and hours later did the complete opposite? To be a Baha'i does not mean to be passive or silent when we see injustice. Baha'is are proud activists who stand up for what we believe in. When we see injustice, we don't just say words, we back them up with actions. Think back to your friend who wasn't allowed into the soccer team because of their race. What should we do? Do you have a better answer now? Well, let me leave you with these words from the master, Abdu'l-Bahá. Strive ye with all your hearts. Raise up your voices and shout until this dark world be filled with light and this narrow place of shadows be widened out and this dust heap of a fleeting moment be changed into a mirror for the eternal gardens of heaven and this globe of earth receive its portion of celestial grace. Thank you for listening to episode 5. I really hope you enjoyed it and continue to champion the oneness of all humankind. Don't forget to subscribe and follow to catch the next episode of Stories of the Master.